he, him, and welcome to God's Fall. My name is Aram, my pronouns are he, him, and I am playing the God of Chaos. When we last left, you were floating through space on a little excised chunk of the demon web pits, your realm from the abyss. You were being pulled by this thread of chaos, this little link to another god, another deity, basically dragging that fundamental connection, the fact that at your nature, you are the same. You've been drifting through the astral realm for days. You can see as you get closer and those lines all converge on a singular point, you can see how many calls have been put out. You are by far not the only person that this god has contacted, but you are at least the first to notice, the first to arrive. Okay. But I can see the other strands. Absolutely. It really looks like someone is sort of spreading out a web. Right. It's all the little tendrils reaching out and touching all the corners, but there's no connective tissue to it. There's no winding in the middle. It's just pure radial reach and pull. Interesting. But as we get closer to the center, those lines will converge, right? into this area. It's a strange world. Essentially, it looks like surrounding their sun, pulling into that convergence point. It's a strange structure. Back in Faerun, it's nice, it's flat. The world makes sense. This seems like a series of rocks. There are ten planets orbiting this sun, and one of them is that focal point where everything's being dragged in. What is with me? Is everything, is like my entire world with me? Or is it just me right now? I think you've managed to excise basically like a small chunk. You probably have like some loose life that has coupled with you. Honestly, it could be enough that you could rebuild the entire realm from this. But at the same time, you didn't like, your palace did not come. Your every servant is not with you. I had to say goodbye to the garden. It's all right. It'll be a good project to build the rest of it. What flowers does this new world have? Yes. And, and I've, I've also got this blade. I've got this yes. this blade that I took from Mask. Or that, well, he, he, he kind of gave it to me in a way. You took it from him. It's just a question of whether with, with his authorization. And that's quite frankly not relevant to you. We were handing it back and forth. Yeah. I was the last person to have it. It's like hot potato. Yeah. Like this is just how it worked out. These things happen. Also, I pushed him. Also, you pushed him off a cliff. But he deserved that because he stood close to a cliff and also you. That's how that works. Exactly. It's what what they deserved. Right. You can't just hang from a cliff in front of me and expect me not to stomp on your fingers. It's who I am. So as you and your little shard of the pits uh, draw ever closer to this meager little planet, this god of chaos who is just wildly reeling in the biggest fish across the galaxy... You can, there are a couple of the lines where like you can trace them, you can see who she's made contact with, and some of these are a bad idea. There is one to the mother of dragons. 
There is one to, uh, he was a lich who managed to ascend to godhood. There was a whole thing with one of his lieutenants. It went bad. You don't remember his name, but honestly, he just seems tedious. You appreciate a good plot. Machinations are great, but there's a certain point where like, just leave some wiggle room. Let, let life take its course a little bit. Well, but before they get there, I'm going to get there first. That's what you're Yes. That's what you're saying. And is that is that part of that because of how I It's basically like you're you're the fish being reeled in. They're, same as all of them. But you grabbed onto that line and started pulling back. Some of them it may just be they aren't interested, so they're not going towards it inherently. Some of it might not have noticed yet, but like basically you're the first one to notice the invitation and you fucking took it. Ah, gotcha. So some of these connections are just two deities, but they may not even be aware that that pathway has been opened yet. They're long enough that you can't see the end. Some of it is playing off of your knowledge of the planes and of the universe at large, where it's like, you know where this is going. You know who this is talking to. Gotcha. Some of them are going off far enough that you can't see the end. Some of them you absolutely can. Some of them are like pathetic little weak gods that have just sprung up in response to the first clever monkey who threw up a prayer. Right. Some of them are, like I said, the the contenders who are known like across planes. But all of these gods are gods of chaos? Every single one of them. The opportunity for us all to converge in a single point in, I am assuming, what is the multiverse, is presented to us. Exactly. I'm just the first one to get like, there. Like I said, you're you're following that line straight back. Some of them are slack. Some of them like are actually being reeled in to keep this sort of like fishing line analogy running far too long. Here's what I'd like to do then. Yeah. When I get close to the center, I'd like to weave in a web. All right. I want that to be like one of those tester webs a spider would put out, where if that web vibrates, I know there's prey. So if one of those people gets close enough, once I pass through, once I get there first, I want that web to vibrate to warn me. Got it. Give me a divinity roll, because that's sort of, that's your shtick. Yeah. You are the weaver. So six plus my charisma bonus, which is plus four, so I have a plus seven. Yeah. Wait, what? I have a plus seven then, right? It's because it, divinity is- Six plus four. Is proficient, six plus four is two. <laughs> right. Okay, there we go. Right. Right. Shut up. All right, seven plus 10 is 17. Yeah, that's that's enough to get that sort of like warning system in place. The way you picture a stereotypical spider web, just one line that sort of holds tension across all the other fibers. And if any of them go slack or if any of them move in any dramatic way, that change in tension is immediately going to be noticeable to you. As you sort of draw in closer, entering into atmosphere, getting closer to the point where you can see that like this focal point, it's so melodramatic and so stereotypical. It's at the top of some tower in the middle of some huge field. If you didn't know it was deific, you would have thrown this up to a standard issue wizard reaching beyond their station. But the thing that really calls your attention is that you can see moving across the skyline is a secondary building. There's this huge golden pyramid that seems to just be on a straight collision course with that tower. 
assuming that it like can't slow down or anything. Maybe someone's flying in, it can't stop. You would assume if a pyramid was passing through the air that it would have some sort of guidance behind it, that someone was willing this to but, happen. Right. You've been dragged across the multiverse and you've seen some things that would imply that every now and then, pyramids go places. Could just be a pyramid that got launched into the air perfectly. It just it could happen. Wizards make bad choices. Will I get there before the pyramid does? You're pretty confident you could. Then I will do whatever I can to usher my arrival quicker. The thing connecting you is, like I said, that fundamental fiber of being, and it's just leaning into the chaos and letting that draw you closer. And you accelerate. As you get close, close enough to start just tapping that web and seeing what's going on, you can see a woman standing at two massive golden fists embedded with gems, a location just loaded down in power. The only way you could imagine getting this much of mass is like the sacrifice of gods. Dozens of at least demigods over and over again in sacrifice to feed this sort of power. And you see this woman just reaching out. The power is radiating out from those fists through her. You can see it's got this like purple pink quality, like the astral sea itself, just magic flowing through her and then getting this reddish tint as it flows out from her to reach out to every god of chaos of any scale imaginable across the multiverse. So she's definitely doing this on purpose. That's good to know. In proximity to her, am I just seeing this as a vision or have I like stepped into a room? Like where am I right now? Where do you want to be? Because the way I was envisioning this at the moment is legitimately like tapping the connection. You're getting that little bit of She's distracted. She's got so many threads out there. She's pulling in so many directions that okay. she's not necessarily watching you. So you're just kind of feeding that connection and just looking sort of through her eyes and seeing it. You're far enough out that you could basically change course if you want to. I'm visioning that she's been being pulled through the astral realm. So this pink and purple cloud-like thick atmosphere swirl of the astral realm has surrounded her. All these floating giant jellyfish and these different creatures until she hits this large cloud bank that just envelops her. And as she breaks through that, the world of Kalgun arrives in front of her and she begins to descend towards it, but she's still part of whatever she's brought along with her. It's still kind of like creating drag. It's still kind of holding her back a little bit. So once she understands what she's facing and once she understands both the opportunity and some of the dangers that are present here, I think she would just abandon everything that got her here. Just step off of it, launch herself into the air to descend even faster. And then that thing that spiders do, when they want to float, where they like leave a little trail of silk and just alight into that room. It comes out like a single thread. It acts as that parachute. And you can see it sort of like as you fall, it gains form. It goes from a single thread to almost a woven silk scarf trailing behind you to the point where you land and it falls behind you and it wraps around itself. And when you come forward, it's formed itself into just this elegant, gown as you sort of stride forth into a room. Fuck it, perfect. If this woman wants to play at drama, we will play her game. 100%. I'm like dressed for a Met Gala. Absolutely. <laughs> You're going to show up to the Met Gala and they're going to be like, you could tone it down a step. So what kind of room am I in right now? 
I'm basically seeing it as like there's one fist under each hand and she's mm-hmm. like in the middle of it. Yeah, that kind of thing where it's, it's a whole center point. The light's there. It's dim around the edges. That kind of bullshit. So essentially what you have is this massive stone room. It's probably a solid 80 feet across. Uh, and in the center is this raised dais, again, like 20 feet wide. The stairs coming up from one side, you can see where like at the far side of the room, there are the stairs leading down further into the tower with these two tremendous golden fists under each hand as she's drawing that power up and sending it back out. Completely diverted her attention. Right. And the momentum of that magic is just getting that whole, the hair is up and waving, the clothes are fluttering. What does she look like? What does Vistrix look like? Have you described her at all? No, never have. Seeing her in person, you realize that that red, that that stark line that connected you, it's the same tint as her hair. Huh. It seems to have just fully pervaded her. With the energy flowing through her, her veins have lit up the same color. She is borderline glowing. She has sort of a uh, an almost golden tone to her skin, but with the red light under it, it's taking on this... You want to call it sickly, but sickly takes green. This is like... This is flush in a way that is almost bruised. It sounds like when you put a flashlight under your skin and it turns red and has that glow, it's, it's exactly. like that's her everywhere. Exactly. That's creepy. She's dressed in just very, very high quality leather armor. She, It looks like she's ready for war. Does the rest of this chamber suggest war? Are there any other suggestions or machinations of war here? No, the room is mostly ceremonial. This place looks wrong for what's happening. Like the two fists are gold. They're sitting on top of this like ornate blue carpet. You've got maybe a foot of uh, space on either side where it just like is concentric with the dais itself. Almost a yellow goldish stone, just massive brickwork composing this entire place. It is not of a piece with her. She stands out as not belonging here. Someone else made this. There's a lot. I imagine there's a lot of power flowing through this room right now. Like I said, this is the amount that it would take just to do what she's doing would require, you would call it at least three greater gods, if not dozens of lesser deities. The building itself screams of godhood. You don't know this world, so it could be, but the building itself feels like a god. Okay. The first thing she'd want to know, the first thing I would want to know, playing her, the first thing Loth would want to know is how she can harness this power. The why is interesting, and she's a little confused about that because she doesn't quite understand, unless this is just purely an act of madness, why she would draw all these people towards her. Clearly, there might be a larger planner, but she's not seeing it. She would like to figure out, though, how she could get it. But more importantly, if there are bad people coming, she needs to know a way to sever that connection. I'm, I suspect she might be able to figure it out with the with the knife, but she's going to have to figure out a, a way to cut that connection if they get too close. The thing that you're noticing is essentially magic here is not like the weave. Okay. It's not quite as tightly bound. It's a lot more ambient. It's still working in threads. You still could imagine how every spell you've ever cast, you would put it together out of this network. But you can immediately see that like, the power in this is sort of free-flowing. You could tap into it by reaching out and grabbing it. You could like 
you can feel her in a way that like you were standing next to mask not more than a few days ago and you couldn't feel him the way you can feel her power you know that if you just focus you could reach out and you could touch the power of her of this building of whatever other gods are out there and you could work with it if this building's power is ambient enough if it's sort of acting as a battery then all you would have to do is channel it if there's a will behind it you would have to fight it you would have to take control right and i can't test that probably without alerting her as for those threads they're not real magic they're not of this world they're something she is generating so strictly speaking if you want those severed how much is there any indication of how close that pyramid is how much time do i have you sort of reach out you feel echoes you know this force that is tear that is helm that is someone with a big sword and an impenetrable suit of one of those pieces of shit they're riding in that pyramid right there's always there's always one all right that's bad but of course but who else would be in a giant floating golden pyramid rushing in to save the day like tear wouldn't have picked a pyramid Torm wouldn't have picked a pyramid, but, like, it wouldn't be that different. Torm summoned a giant golden lion once. Oh, okay, cool. So, like, that's right up his alley? The golden lions. Yeah, it, yeah it, I like that. I'm always down for a pair of animals. It would be more of a steed than a, than a like, vehicle. Right. You know, he'd probably be riding a lion in. But quite frankly, giant floating golden pyramid and flying golden lion horse is, like, it's the same thing is not that different in terms of the god that's pulling that shit it's like one of you yeah that makes sense it's 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 one of those people who believes that their will that their individual will should be forced upon the universe exactly right reaching out and feeling that you now have something that you can really track you can feel it and as you feel it get closer you you've got to measure a speed pretty well you've probably got a couple of minutes maybe two or three, but it's going to get here. All right, so I have a couple of minutes to determine two, one of two things, either how to take this power for myself, mm-hmm. or if this is an ally that I should align myself with against this force that's coming. Those are the two things I'd want to solve. How are you going to choose? Well, I'm going to, like, like she's been kind of drifting around. Mm-hmm. Like looking at things, trying to figure things out, getting closer and closer. Just enough far, just far enough on the side view that like you can start to see the silhouette of her face. Once I feel a little comfortable and I've kind of like centered myself, but I still don't want to go directly to her. She just leaned back, open her arms, her eyes flip back white and a just a river of spiders pour out from her and start crawling over everything, looking into every nook and and cr- just like in like hyper investigating everything around her. Absolutely. It's terrifying. It it looks like shadow until the light in the room glints off of them and you see that little bit of chit and chitin, whatever. Chitin, yeah. Yeah. Until you see that little glint of chitin and you see the little the hairs on the larger ones as they fucking cascade they overwhelm that carpet they take through the stonework until you have just the lightest the barest thread web woven over every surface yeah invisible 
not noticeable if you're not looking for it. And you see that she is gone. She is blind to the world. You would have to get her attention to pull her out of this. But if I'm going to get her attention, I want to make sure that I have the power. So before I get her attention, I'd like my spiders to do one more thing. I'd like them to weave her into a cocoon. Just the face open. Give me another divinity for this, because you're going to have to kind of overpower another chaos god. All right, that's going to be... Oh, my rolls aren't that great today. 11 plus 10 is 21. I rolled a five. Vistrix is too tied up in what she's doing to be even remotely aware of what's going on. She's just trying to pull on all of these threads all at once. There are too many of them to possibly keep track of. So when your spiders start to get close, you see one of them just sort of take a little walk up a thread of chaos and the plan morphs. And you just take that slightly slack cord. One of these gods hasn't started moving yet. It's basically just a loose attachment and it just loops it. And then another one gets pulled and another and another until you create this tangled mess around her where she's pulling on it and just tying herself into this nested cacophony of just madness and raw deific energy. She doesn't even know she's trapped. The only way she could stop this is to fully let go, and there's no reason why she would. That's just perfect. I love that so much. Okay, so once that's done, what is the biggest bad about to get here that would be a concern to me? Probably that god of law or something. Yeah. The god of buzzkills. Definitely the pyramid god's a problem, Yeah, right? That's definitely a problem, but that's not a direct threat, right? She's not pulling him yep. and he's just coming. Yeah, fair okay. enough. What, what is the most dangerous threat? That's near. Like, what's the closest threat there? Basically, right now, uh, you're not too, too worried. The one you're worried about is the Lich. He's the one that's most likely to take interest in it. But at the same time, anyone you're concerned of in terms of power is strong enough that even if she, like, focused and yanked, they could resist the pull. They would not come until they wanted to. Right. Then I'm going to wake her up. And I'm going to wake her up with my knowledge of that particular lich. And I'm just going to like, just, just, just kind of touch that, touch that thread, attach my own knowledge to it. And then dragging that thread, just boop her right on the forehead. Just boom, right there. Okay. So what are you trying to pull off here? I'm basically trying to wake her the fuck up by like throwing, by like taking something she's pulling on and then feeding my own thoughts and psychic energy into it. Right? Okay. And yeah. just to kind of like jolt her with that to wake her up. You play basically the most jarring moment you can think of. A lich lord at the head of massive army, just screaming orders, throwing fire and lightning everywhere, raining pure, unadulterated hate down on something that deserves every moment of it. And then there's this flash of steel and wings unfurling behind him. You see the arm go up, you see the sword pass through the arm, and at that point her eyes roll back and she's just jolted into awareness. Oh, and you're... You're the first one here. I would have liked to prepare things a little bit more. She sort of reaches out and she feels the connections a little bit. She's like, there. 
Ah, you're so much ahead of everyone else. I would have liked to have... Don't worry. I've gone ahead and decorated myself. She sees what you've done to the room. It's like, good, please. Yes, make yourself at home. I want... My home is yours. I want you to enjoy your time here. But speaking of enjoying time, there's someone coming. He's a bit of a party crasher, a dullard, a bore, really. He's created some problems for me over time. It's also very, very useful. We built this tower. You can see it's quite nice. It's very, it's very nice. He would like to murder a god. The humans, they had a big city. It became really silliness. But he wants him dead, and he wants to use this to do it. Now I'm repurposing it for invitations. You received yours. Clearly it's working well. My plan is brilliant. And when he gets here, he'll try to stop me because that's what he does. There's a difficulty in the power dynamic here. I don't know what it's like on your world. Maybe it's beautiful. Maybe it's glorious. Probably probably get the same sort of problems I do. Maybe you enjoy yourself more. I really couldn't tell you. But any given god, fighting another god, it's a toss-up. You know, who wins the fight? Uh, maybe, I, maybe I have a good day. Maybe you have a good day. Maybe you trip. Maybe I stab you in the throat. Who knows? But any two gods, you could team up. You could stab another god to death quite easily. I really can stab another god to death quite easily. So when a god arrives, who would like to sort of put an end to my my gathering, my party, before anyone else even arrives? Your lich friend, he'll be here soon. Everything will be wonderful. Oh yes, it'll be quite fun when he arrives. So I'm here to stab the cop, am I? Yes, good. I can lend you some power. Oh, I'd like that. We can do this. Is that what this tower does? Allows you to lend power? No, no, that's... Is that not... Can you not do this? That tether between the two of you thrums. It's initially just warmth, and then you feel your power over again. Just chaos flows into you, and it just emphasizes everything. <gasps> oh. No, dear. No, we cannot do that. I imagine the first time you're in a bridge, that must feel amazing. No, and you've been through this before. Like, you were, right. you know, you were a god of the elves. You were cast out for trying to betray and murder your husband. Also a cop. Right, fuck him. You were a demon for a while, and then you had to re-seize your divinity, and then you weren't a god, and then you were a god, and then you weren't a god. But every time that power has changed hands, it's been forcible. Yeah. Either like you've stolen it from someone or you've found a way to infuse yourself with more power. It's been ripping things into you. This is like pure and calm. It's just coming into you. Oh, it's power given as a gift. Yeah, that's new. And she can see like that moment where it's just lighting up your eyes. We call them a bridge. It's, it's, it's a cutesy little name. It doesn't really matter. I can share my power with you. And this is our grand battery. We've just accumulated so much divine power that we could then share. I'm the center point. It all flows through me. And I can share it with you. And then when Baros arrives, his name is Baros. Again, very boring. It doesn't really matter that much. You can kill him. And then we can kill the rest of them. And then it'll be our little party. Yes, our little party. We shall kill this one, and then you and I will do all the planning. 
Let's do that. Give me this power, and I shall murder your friend. And then it's just stronger. That little bit, like the injuries from before when you fought the Baylor, whatever little remnants of it, just destroyed. Everything just heats and warms, but it's not all chaos. Some of it, some of it is clearly coming from her, but then you can feel like where it's pulsing into that purple astral color and she's drawing out of the tower and you can feel like it's chaos and it's magic and it's, it's all the things that you're used to. And then suddenly it's rhinoceroses and then it's like gemstones, lightning, currency, shields, Concepts, ideas, yeah. all the all the all the demigods that have been churned up by this thing before, little bits of their power. Exactly. You and I know this as far as Lolf knows, these are just like weird objects. Like it it is incoherent power. <laughs> but it's yours now. If I know anything about the rest of them, Barros is going to be coming any moment now. But we'll be able to completely overpower him. We can create a new pantheon. We don't need to worry about them anymore. When Barros gets here, he's going to be angry. We we had a whole thing. He was upset about a new god, and it doesn't really matter to you, honestly. It doesn't matter to me. But we're going to destabilize the entire pantheon, and once it's at war, we will be the last one standing. Aren't you tired of people stopping you? No one will stop us, dear. That's a very good question. Am I tired of people stopping me? Absolutely not. That's That was the fundamental thing we established right off the bat, was someone opposing you was the most interesting thing to happen in centuries. And someone nearly killing you was the most fun you've had possibly in your life. Right, exactly. Like, since Coralon threw you out... That was the most interesting thing that's ever happened. I, Lof likes the actual chaos. Likes, part of that is losing. She revels in it. It's part of her, it's part of her belief system. It's part of her religion. It, yeah, okay. So I would listen. I would listen to her tales and I'd listen to the pitch and I would like, you know, look at her and think about what she's saying until I was sure I could take her power. Because at this point I know we can't team up. We have very different goals, and this would not be someone I would stay aligned with or no. feel like I could use, really, especially if she's going to bring the rest. So my question would be, can I take her power? You don't know how this world works, but you can feel enough of the magic to start to, like, put together sort of some base theories. Roll Arcana. <sighs> I rolled a 13, sadly. Nine plus four is 13. What you're certain of... The only thing you know is that if you kill her, her power will get loose. Right. Right. There are some gods, there are some places where that's like a slow leak, where it's a gas, where it's an object you could cut out of her. You don't really know, but what you can tell is that if you kill her, her power will still exist and it could be taken but how it will leave is up in the air and how you would collect it. I would say God only knows, but that's a little redundant here. And that wouldn't do anything because just, just killing her and stopping this doesn't help me. 
I'm still gonna have to face whatever's coming and figure out this new world. And, I, and she's connected to everything. I, I need it to stay intact. But how do I do that? All right, well, then I'm just gonna have to play along. Because if she wants us to kill, I, I definitely want to kill whatever new Torm this is. There's just enough of a pause that, like, she seems concerned when you, like, go to speak. This world is confusing. I'm so new. You'll have to explain how would we stop this pyramid man. The difficulty is, quite honestly, the playing field is too even in the Pantheon. You would need you would need someone to reinforce you. Someone who could lend you just a little bit more power. A god versus a god is a coin flip. Two gods against a god. Well, that's a dead man. It being given as a gift must, must must just feel so much different than all the people I've stepped on to get where I am. Who deserved it? Every one of them. Every one of them. In fact, they enjoyed it. So I think that what I would have to say is that if I felt that pull, my first guess, well, my first thing that I would do would be like, if it's so intoxicating, if it's so energizing, can I pull more? I'm gonna just say it again then. Roll me divinity. That's going to be, oh, God damn it. That's five plus 10 is 15. So I got a 19 on this one. So you like try to give it a little bit of a pull and you immediately feel it wane. I understand if this is new, it can feel intoxicating, but this power is mine to give. As long as you take what you're given, we will have no problems. But remember here, any two gods are on equal footing, and I'm linked into the greatest battery we've ever built. Then provide me this power so that I may slay your enemy and I shall free you. Dear, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Loth nods. You just feel that warmth spread through your body and you feel it tinged. Every time it pulses purple, it's wrong. You feel little little things like it's the chaos magic at first. It's it's all the power that you know. And then there are things like a rhinoceros or or gemstones. Currency in general. It's wrong. It's it's the power from the tower itself. Right. There's all the other demigods. It's like there's little, there are little sparks, like when lightning was eaten and things like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, that's dark. Okay. I like it though. All right. <laughs> then here would be my pitch. Mm -hmm. I would simply vanish into the shadows, await Barros's arrival, allow the confrontation to begin, and then just fucking shank the dude. I mean, she's definitely going to go for a surprise hit. So I think that she would like, you know, you'll let him come in, let him get vulnerable, and then just hit him as hard as she can with that, you know, separator knife and try and separate a bit of Barros from himself. So you wait. It's not long. You feel the impact as the the pyramid drives itself into the tower. You see a chunk of wall give way and he walks out. Jesus. 
if you did not know better, you would say he was down the hallway expecting it to continue. And he just started walking before the collision. And when the collision happened and the doorway was open into the right room, he just took the next step. Mistress, this is not for you to play with. You're going to draw attention before we're ready. Dear, everything is exactly as we asked. We have the power of how many demigods? How many did we kill? I'm just channeling it. We bring in aspiration. We get rid of the petty human god. And everything will be fine. This is everything you've asked for. And the entire time she's doing this, like she's got her hands out still over the two fists. What's wrong with you? Okay, I start sliding behind him now. Like I start to like get behind him because the gig's almost up. And uh, I'm just gonna quickly roll a bluff for <laughs> Vistrix to just kind of keep this up. <laughs> That's fun. If this surge suddenly drops, do you think that'll draw less attention? This is happening. It's just a question of whether we'll be prepared when he's here. And right now, I'm your weapon. Sound the call, bring the rest, and when he arrives, let me go off. Barros takes a second, looks, gestures towards the pyramid, and you see it just pull back a little bit. You see these shafts of light start to cascade in as the brick crumbles. I will contact Sephora, and he will alert the rest of them. And he starts reaching out his hand towards the sun. Take it off. Take his hand clean off at the wrist. Make sure he cannot do that. I'm going to say that, one, you've got the drop on this guy, and you've been watching him for a while. This is absolutely a surprise. Yeah. As an assassin, if you hit, this is a critical hit. You've got advantage. Roll to take a hand off. Okay, about fucking time. I got a nat 20 plus 12 is 32. I'm assuming that'll hit his AC. That will 100% hit his AC. Let's let's say triple damage. Triple damage, wow. You're getting your assassin thing off. You've got all your sneak attack damage, but when you roll a nat 20 on a critical like sneak, like this, fuck it, we're putting damage in. Gonna put her psychic energy into it. She's gonna use her sneak attack damage and she's gonna use the blade. So that that roll would end up being 25, and then the it's a plus six, so 31 points of damage times three would be 93 points of damage. <laughs> now there aren't roll there aren't rules in fifth edition for you know severing arms and shit because fifth edition is a boring game. But I'm gonna say that an arm has less than 93 hit points. That seems fair. So this is one of those things like you charge in and you like, you switch hands with the knife. You toss it into your left and you use your right hand to kind of grip at the wrist, just with your full arm wrapped around like a foot wide forearm. Okay, before we do this, I've got in this blade right now, all of the life force of that Baylor. What does that feel like? When I hold this this just shard of blade that reflects like a mirror, so as I'm holding it, I'm seeing my own eyes in this blade. When I think of the power of this Baylor, what happens? 
you've kind of like reflected on it a little bit. You've played with this. You've had a lot of time to yourself lately. Uh, and you felt like the crackle of energy. There's lightning in it. You can feel that. And like when you push on it a little bit, it starts to take form. It stops being that shard with the little bit of leather wrapping so that you have a handle. And it starts being like the Baylor's blade. Nice. And you always kind of pull back. It's a limited supply. You don't want to set it off. Today, however, one of the things you felt thrum through you is lightning. And you can feel it. This thing crackles like a storm now. It ties into you, and you know that all you have to do is just push hard enough, and this blade will explode with electricity and just sheer material. It is bigger on the inside right now, but you can put that on the outside. That sounds like enough to take off an arm. You come in with this. You're off in the shadows, and you can see the hands start to reach forward. And you see it. You see the point where the armor plates are separated, where the joint is formed. And you come in as fast as you can. It's just enough. Like, there's a second where he notices that something is wrong, and it makes him pull back. It creates this space between him and the light. And you get in there, and you take that shard, and you just jab forward. And you get it into his elbow. And then you push a little harder. Not forward, not into his arm. You push on that feeling in the blade. And it explodes. It's not huge and forceful. There's not a shockwave. It's you're holding a shard of metal, maybe the size of like a small chef's knife. And all of a sudden, from the far side of his elbow, a blade sticks out a solid meter. You're holding the hilt of a long sword. There is a hilt like slammed up against his joint. And that blade has gone from being relatively thin, you know, an inch or two wide to like six inches thick. And it tears his arm apart at the elbow. I just exploded his arm off. Yeah, you you stabbed him in the joint. And then all of a sudden your arm was essentially the size of the joint and that forearm you smell the ozone and you smell the cooked meat as that big armored forearm clanks on the ground. Mistrix, your dear, dear friend, grin as Baros, the god of order, turns and looks at you for the first time. And now we're gonna go for initiative. That is a 17, that gives me a 29. I got a seven. Okay. <laughs> then the very next thing I'm going to do is cast Greater Invisibility and vanish. You're gone. Barrows is baffled. He looks around, can't quite piece it together. There is no need for your friends, God of Order. This is between us. So he sort of just reaches down and like he grabs his arm sort of just above the elbow and you see this golden flash oh shit of energy right he's a paladin this isn't even a paladin you gave the god of order regeneration oh right of course i did after that flash of energy one of the first things you see is it just lances down the framework of the arm is established in glowing energy and it starts to just reform 
fuck. The way the arm is moving, it's immaterial. It's not there yet. But he's just going to grow it back. Right. Within two-ish minutes. Oh, that's not great. Okay. I uh, guess I should have gone for the head. He reaches back. He grabs a great sword from his back and he pulls it and he just hefts with his back like he tosses it off his shoulder and the tip slams into the floor with enough force to like gouge a solid three four inches deep and you just have these little flashbacks to a very tall red man with lightning wings and a whip oh this again (laughs) and I don't have a friend this time it's just me I, I technically have a uh, friend. Uh, friend. Speaking of which, this might be a good time to see exactly what kind of power I could pull from her and use against this guy. I mean, strictly speaking, this is just going to work like a perpetual bridge. She's just fully stabilized. Okay, if this guy is anything like Helm, then going toe-to-toe with him is suicide. Holding the character sheet for Baros, I will tell you, yeah, that is. Okay, he saw through the invisibility... I'm gonna flood this whole tower in darkness. It's gonna envelop all of us. There is one bit of light and you can just see that red glow from Vistrix where she's sort of holding that power. He walks forward. He's looking around the entire time, just watching you, and that arm is becoming more and more substantial. You can see that it hasn't reached full physical state yet because it sinks into her head a little bit. And I'm going to use Consume Divinity. Oh, dear God. Um, I, 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 okay, well, I guess nothing I can do because I don't know what he's doing, but as soon as I have a chance, I'm going to fucking stab him. But yeah, he can do that. I forgot about that. Fuck. Oh, why did I build this character? Yeah, you've made choices, man. Also, Vistric rolled a two on her con save. Plus, I got her trapped. Oh, what a fucking stupid move. Yeah. So the good news is your bridge is going to stand because at this point, she is a pure conduit for power. He reaches out and you see like this little pendant it's beneath the armor glow that bright purple pink that color of divinity and astral power and you just watch her like the red in the threads dims it goes down to purple the light in her eyes the glow from inside of her is gone whatever he did he just shut off a god the second the barrel sinks hands on Vistrix, I wrap him up in every inch of webbing throughout this tower. We're going to call this a divinity roll. How about a divinity grapple? Yeah, this is basically a divinity grapple. <laughs> so that's how we're going to roll this. So Baros has a 21. That's the number to beat. Oh, oh, it was an 11, but it rolled over to a 9, so I got a 19. You start wrapping him in threads, and that hand, it's not enough, like you know he couldn't grab the sword with it. So he just takes that insubstantial hand. It had that bright yellow golden glow. And you see that red that he tore away from Vistrix, suffusing it. And he just slashes through it. As you try to kind of weave this web around him, he's ripping it apart. And every time he does, every time he pulls, and you're on the far side of it, 
You watch his head just flick around. He's tracking roughly where you are. He can't see you. You're in darkness. You're invisible. But he's got an impression. And while he's in darkness, surround him in hypnotic pattern as I'm circling the room. Okay, how does hypnotic pattern work? So Loth is at the outside edge of this round chamber, just slinking around the edges. And as she does, she weaves her hands into the webbing in the ceiling and activates each of these spiders that have gathered. And as they lower, they glow. They glow with these throbbing lights all around him, like a like a really fucked up Christmas tree. Just because I want to show off that I built this guy like a dickhead. Would you say that you're within about five feet of him? Uh, no, actually, I wouldn't say that. As you're doing this, like you were trying to grapple him. I, well, I was trying, but not, but I wasn't. I used the webs that were around her. Yeah, fair so enough. So I'm still like 30 feet fine, away. Like fine. I'm keeping my Mage distance. Mage Slayer doesn't go off. Sorry. <laughs> But but I do need a wisdom save from him for the hypnotic pattern. So let's see if that actually aff- affected him. Wisdom save 18. 24, fucker. Fuck, yeah. He just, the lights pass by his eyes like all these, but he's still just staring through them, through the darkness towards my general direction. He doesn't quite have it down. Bats these things away, these patterns, these motes of light, the spiders crawling through just midair, watches through them. And then he just sort of looks at his hand. And at this point, that that chaos energy has beaten out the order. It's just glowing bright red. And he just sort of like reaches out and you see him grab the darkness. And he's going to use reality manipulation to reverse an effect. And this room goes up brighter than the fucking surface of the sun. So now we're enveloped in light, as opposed to being enveloped in darkness. And at this point, uh, just bonus action, vow of amity. He just looks around. I don't know what Vistrix has done. I don't know why you're here. But I promise you, I will make the union your two. You don't have to worry about me, darling. You have to worry about all the others she's called. Shown your front door given directions right to your little home. The expression falls. Like there's a moment where he looks up and he finally like traces the power. Like she's not just radiating out. He realizes like they're direct lines. He sees the last one. Now just this weak, tenuous connection between you and her. Yes, I'm still connected, right? Yes. I'm still connected to him. Absolutely. As soon as, soon as he turns his attention towards the others, I'm going to push. I'm going to push so hard back that it sends a pulse out, that it sends a warning, an announcement to everyone on that connection. I'm going to ring the fucking dinner bell. I'm going to pitch two things. One is just a raw divinity roll. The other is that this is essentially just going to eat your use of divinity for the moment. You're just sending out your power as a signal beacon. You function as a character at that point. I like both. I want to do it, but I also want to roll. I want, yes, I want to, I will give up that power to do this, but I also want to roll. Okay, then what we're going to do is we're just going to say that this works. Like you're going to send that signal out. It's absolutely going to happen. And I just want you to roll me a d20 for response. All right, okay. We're going to just say hi is exactly 
A 20 is everybody gets the point and you've drawn attention. Uh, a one, it comes off as a warning, not a dinner bell, you know? It is a 13. The thing that you notice, the reason you know that this didn't quite go as planned is you see every tendril of power, every connection shift a little bit. But some of them are increasing in tension. Some of them are just immediately going slack. And you can tell that some of them, likely a lot of the weaker ones, probably a couple like mid-tiers, maybe a heavy hitter, they immediately just see a surge of power and they're like, oh, God. And they start coming. Others, one that you trace back, like, you you know it. You've been watching it specifically because you know who's at the far end. You see Tiamat pull it tight and just, nope. Don't know what that is. That's not my goddamn problem. That's fair. Shame. She, oh, she's always fun at a party, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, just no. Yeah, all right. Also, let's not deal with it. Yeah. Because this involved basically putting aside your divinity, I'm not going to call this an action. I'm going to leave you your turn. But you are in this brightly lit room, and you know that there are things coming. I would use whatever lingering power I had to show Barrows. This one is this god. I know this one. Well, and just like going through all the information, just keeping him distracted. Do you have like a fascinator something as a bard? I really did build her in a very specific way. Um, I do have. Oh, you know what I have? I have detect thoughts. So while I'm doing this, while I'm just give, showing him information that he, I think he would like, like information about the gods that I know of, right? Yeah. While I'm feeding him that. You're using this as sort of a window. Exactly. I need to know what this guy is thinking. So I believe on a cast, you just get surface thoughts. You initially learn the surface thoughts of the creature, what is most on its mind in that moment. As an action, you can either shift your attention to another creature's thoughts or attempt to probe deeper into the same creature's mind. Three things. One is a just huge sense of betrayal. It's not a deep cut. It's not like a heart felt like, oh my God, I was relying on you. It's this hinged on you and you failed me. Rage and hate, it's for you. There was the arm incident. And then the last one is just every time a new image flashes through, it's not panicked, it's not afraid, it's not angry. It's a firm and resolute no. This world was unstable, and I will not let you do this. Do you want to do the push? Do you want to try for the wisdom save and see what else you can get out of him? Or Yes, and I'm looking for one thing. I'm looking for one very specific thing. This interaction with Vistrix has shown me that I know all gods can be killed. Of course, gods mm-hmm. can be killed, but this interaction has shown me that they have to be killed in a certain way. In order to control their power, it's not like with our world where you just take them out and then you get it. There has to be a, some sort of ceremony, some sort of specific method that you kill them by, and that's what I'm looking for. So they need to roll a wisdom save 18. Two. Oh, yes! The fundamental nature of that power transfer in this world is if you have enough of a connection to the divinity at the time of death it will flow into you. You're pretty confident that if Vistrix still had everything that she was and you stabbed her while that bridge was active, it would have just tunneled in. I should have just killed her. (laughs) 
should have just killed her. But you didn't, you big dumb dummy. The problem with Loth is that she never takes very direct action. She's always a little, a little curious, it's be a, a little, little investigative, and when she should just strike. She, she plays with her food too much. That's what it fucking is. She plays with her food too much. Spiders, if you wanted Barris, if you want to take order from him, you would have to some you would have to do something that would basically ingrain order in you. And then at that moment of death, it's just almost like a fucking magnet. This is what she's got to do then. She needs to get him off his guard, get him to kind of trust her just for a second. And then she has to cut all those strands. She has to get in a close, cut every single strand to every other deity that's coming in, every other force, every other link out there, cut them all, reestablishing order, returning order to not only this universe, but every single universe she was attached to, every single disruption, I'm gonna end in one blow. And then when I'm in that zone, sink that fucking knife as far into his neck as I possibly can. Oh, you're very, very hopeful for a man who just used his action. <laughs> I really am. Barros circles wide around you. He sort of does that, you know, the standard stalking, watching, and he gets between you and Vistrix, and he's almost that, that Terminator, like, head tilt of, like, watching you. And then with no warning, almost like his arm went from still to in motion instantaneously. And I'm going to cast Thunderous Smite. I healed on the journey to Earth, right? Yes, you are. You came into this fight at, at full. Go take a long rest there. There we go. Does a 21 hit your AC? In this particular incident, it doesn't because I just used my blade as a Kimball, which is my Kensite weapon. So no, in this particular incident, it does not hit me. Okay, so I'm going to use Lucky. Oh, damn it. Fuck you. 26 hits you. Yes, it uh, fucking hits me. <laughs> God damn it. The god of order makes it work. You are going to take 12 points of slashing damage, 3 points of radiant damage, and 6 points of thunder damage, which is in total 21. Now I need you to make a strength save. That is not my best save. I'm very aware. That is going to be a 6 plus 1 is 7. It doesn't matter what it is. It's literally impossible for me to get a DC that low. He swings, and first there's the sonic boom. His arm doesn't even accelerate. It goes from stationary to at velocity. And this entire greatsword hits you in the chest. It takes the wind out of you, and there's a second clap of thunder. And you are hurled backwards and slam into the wall of that pyramid, and you are bathed in the sun. kind of stalks forward, tosses the sword into the air like it's nothing, grabs it in a reverse grip, and he just goes to ram it through your chest. That is a 16 plus 11 is a 27 to hit. That, yeah, hits. And I'm going to burn a fifth level spell slot on a smite because I hate you. I'm going to say that it's straight up just through your chest. It's like it's definitely going to pierce her and plunge all the way in. Absolutely. The spiders swarm. So like from behind her and in front of her, they just swarm outwards and like their bodies are just like 
like being fucking shish kebobbed all the way down, just adding slight changes. Just enough. It slows it. It still goes in. It still dives deep enough, and you still hear just like a quiet clink against the stone when it gets through your back. Pure, radiant, divine energy fries the spiders off the blade. You know what? Fuck this guy. As the spiders are falling away, burning, and this light is, you know, emanating from my chest and pain is searing through her, her eyes just go white and her jaw unhinges as fangs crawl out the side. Her neck cracks. Her body seems to separate and pull around where the sword has pierced her until her chest expands and arms just start ripping out of her back and legs. Her whole whole, like lower abdomen drops and she rises to this 12 foot tall drider. And the very last thing she does in her transformation is the dagger slides from her hand as webbing wraps around it and it just tinks off the ground as she's turned it into a whip. It is your turn. Is she technically allied with me? Is she technically allied with me? And is she also in melee? So you're across the room from him. Right, that's not going to help. So that means like if you could push him back or even just like manipulate the terrain, like if you could get back to her and force him into that situation, then absolutely I'll give you your sneak attack. But at the moment, strictly speaking, you're not even in the room. You're pinned against a flying pyramid outside the room while a one-handed Barrows is reaching out over the gap. Then I'm going to use the webs to push her encased body towards the back of Barrows as I come back at her, Adam, with my like whip chain now. So I'm just so blazing. I'm just like having them both kind of meet in the center as I strike him with this whip knife. Give me a divinity roll to make that pull. Because that's a goddamn stretch and you know it. I know it is. <laughs> I know it's a stretch. 18 plus my divinity, which is 10, 28. I rolled pretty well on that one. You just yank her. In story terms, she's thinking by bringing that power closer, she might be able to regain control of it. She's not quite sure what Baros has done. She doesn't fully understand it. So she's trying to regain the power while she drives power into him, like kind of you know, sandwiching him. You yank that thing forward, and I want you to make your attack roll. Make it an advantage, and I'll tell you why later. First roll is eight plus 12 is 20. Second roll is 17 plus 12 is 29. That's probably gonna hit. Give me your total damage roll. Okay, so with all the bullshit, yep. it's going to be 48 points of damage total. Random, as a reaction, once per round, the God of Chaos can choose to randomize any event that occurred. Barros and Vistrix switch positions. And your dagger flies through the throat of the god of chaos. At this point in time, you just feel this flare. It's not quite heat. It's not fire. It's radiant energy. And you look up and someone watched you do it. Oh dear. Barros got out. Barros got attention. And you just 
kill the god in full view of Sephor. Oh, because we're in the sunlight. Oh, that's a problem. The good news is there is an immediate pulse. And divine energy just rips through. You see his hand basically like the it re-solidifies as that sheer energy flows through him, but the red just cascades out. That consumption effect, he didn't truly steal her divinity. It was still hers. And the moment she died, it was just fucking set loose. Right. What happens to all the connections? At this point, you've created a tight enough knot that you think it's like it'll hold without her kind of holding it there you wound them into themselves and then she kept pulling on them tighter and tighter. Like that connection is still there. Did her divine energy leave or is it tethered? It's in the union. Do you have a second attack of any sort? I do. I absolutely 100% do. I 100% have a second attack. And with that second attack, seeing that or action or whatever, seeing that she has lost, that I've killed her, sorry. Happens. They switched positions though, right? Yep. So she wasn't in the union when I killed her then. Yeah, that's true. Baros is in the union. Baros is in the union. So if Vistrix isn't in the union, and I just killed her with this knife that captures souls, that means that this god of chaos is now in this knife. Sort of. There's there's a flaw. Her power is not in her. At the moment you killed her, Baros had it. Right. He doesn't keep it. He didn't actually properly steal it. He did the whole consumed divinity thing. He basically like is still on a tether to her, but he had it in his hand. Right. That does not mean you did not get divinity because there's a lot of stuff in Vistrix right now. And that dagger, you reach out and it feels almost exactly like it did when you killed the Baylor. It crackles with lightning. that was in the tower. What else is in this? Essentially what we've got here is when you killed her, it just started to suck. This dagger is essentially a vacuum. The moment it kills something, it tries to absorb the essence. So it just started sucking through the bridge until Vistrix was dead. The moment her heart stopped and the bridge fully collapsed, your pipeline got cut off. But you just had demigod after demigod flow into this blade. Outstanding. You have lightning. All those things I mentioned earlier in the episode. The fucking rhinos, the weird god of beasts. Uh, There's got to be more, but we know at least there is lightning, lightning. rhinos, gemstones. Was it weapons or shields? It was definitely shields, which is cool, which is super cool. We'll get some mileage out of that by the end of this fight. That's great. But I have access to all this right away. Basically, yeah. Okay, uh, I would then pull the knife out of her throat, so, somewhat sadly, like a little sad. I mean, we, they weren't gonna be best friends, but she kind of liked her. She pulls the knife out and just turns with it kind of like over her shoulder, kind of casually, a smile creeping across her face and just turns towards Baros. As you get that moment a full on villainous smug and you touch this power That divinity does not stay in the blade. It is leaking into you. You have claimed it. But as you stand there, you know that feeling where like you step out onto asphalt on a hot day and it feels like the sun is looking directly at you? Yes. Oh, right. Damn. Yeah. 
you just murdered the god of chaos in full view of Sephora. Right. So there is a bit of a drawback to her not being in the union. <laughs> right. Right. Then it's time to end this. It is time to end this. Uh, I was going to play with Baros, maybe get some more information, maybe just vamp because it's fun. But no, I'm going to end him as fast as I can. What is the most devastating attack I have at my arsenal right now? Let's ignore what the most powerful thing is. In this moment, you can feel several things, and one of them is lightning. And tell me mm -hmm. there's anything even remotely close to hitting that Venn diagram between vampy and powerful. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's the emperor. It's infinite power. So Lolf kills Vistrix, pulls the knife out of her throat, recognizes the power coursing through her and what that means. She goes to face him, and then the heat and the sun and that eye of the sun kind of focuses on her. And she turns and she considers it for a moment. She's not unworried, but the smile returns to her face. It's awful bright out today. It seems like the perfect time for a storm. Thank you for joining us for God's Fall Season 6, Episode 11, Let Chaos Reign, Part 3. We are busy recording and editing new episodes of God's Fall and posting my DMs notes, behind-the-scenes videos, early releases for this show and others, maps, art, and so much more at patreon.com slash godsfall. For more information about God's Fall, visit godsfall.com. You can find links to our website, our social media, and all the ways you can help support the show. And we'll see you next time in the world of the five kingdoms.